Man, look at y'all turning out for Easter in the 10 a.m. service. We had to, good thing we got those folding chairs out, huh, guys? Good thing we were ready. <laughs> We'd all fit if it wasn't for this distancing stuff, right? If we had every other row open, but uh, man, I'm so glad that you're here for, for Easter weekend. And if it's your very first time here at True Life, we are thrilled to have you. If you're watching online for the first time, we're thrilled to have you. Those of you who already call True Life home, would you help me just welcome all of our guests and everybody watching online? We're happy that you're here, and I really believe God gave me something special to share with you uh, this morning, and I'll get to that in just a second. I, I do want to ask you, you to help me with something right now. Uh, if, if you could, gra- grab your phone, um, unless you've already got this, but gra- grab your phone Go to the app store on your, um, so like if you're saved and you love Jesus, get out your Android. If you're not saved yet, go ahead and pull out your iPhone. And then, I'm kidding. Some of you are like, I quit, I hate this church. (laughs) I'm kidding. Uh, Go to your app store, search True Life Church of Newark. Uh, If you don't already have our app installed, uh, I want to ask you to consider doing that like right now because of covid uh, there's some things we would normally do on a Sunday. There's some things we would normally do on Easter that we have to do a little bit differently. And um, one of them is what we call our connection card. And we have a digital version of that right now. And um, we just really would love it. Because Easter is a moment where everybody comes, everybody engages in church. So it's, it's a chance for us to interact with the largest crowd possible at the same time. And we would love it if you would use that digital connection card. In fact, if you're watching online right now, you're going to see a link to that posted in the chat, if you're in our church online platform, you're going to see it in the Facebook comments. You're going to see it on YouTube to go to that digital connection card. Uh, do this. Like, let us know how we can be believing with you and praying with you uh, on that card. Give us as much information as you're comfortable with. I promise you we don't share that. We don't, uh, we don't use it to hassle you. Nobody's going to show up at your house later this afternoon with a fruitcake or do anything weird like that. We just Really, we just want to equip you, resource you. Uh, let us know uh, how we can be believing and praying with you. And then also in there, you'll see our annual Easter survey. We, we do this every year. In fact, last year was really the first time we had a hard time with this because everything was online last year. Church was online and everything. And our Easter survey is a little bit different this year. Uh, I want to ask you to answer some questions for us. And we're going to use your responses to make sure we're serving you well, leading you well. We're going to use it to craft some of the messages and series that we teach over the next 12 months And here's one question I'd love if you would answer, and that is, what are the greatest areas of stress that people are experiencing right now? Now, don't write your spouse's name down. We need more detail, all right? We need to know. Uh, So what are the greatest areas of stress that you might be experiencing? So if it's finances, we want to know that. If it's relationships, we want to know that. If, uh, you know, if it's jobs or like, how, what's it look like for me to be a Christian and have biblical moral standards in a society that is increasingly eroding those moral standards? How, how do I, so whatever, whatever it might be, what, what's kind of stressing you out? Uh, and we, we want to speak to that this year. We think God has a lot to say about everything we experience in our lives. And it would just really help me and our team know how to serve you this year. And then I really think our job above all else like a church's role above all else is to get you close to Jesus. That's our, top, that's our top priority. That's our top job. And so I need to know how I can do that better. What are the greatest barriers 
you're experiencing to knowing God. Um, so if you're like, Man, I'm just really having a hard time figuring out how to read my Bible and get something out of it, or I, I don't really understand how to pray, like what is that, how does that work? I don't know how to have healthy relationships and community with other believers. Whatever it may be for you, just let us know, because uh, we want to help. We want to step in and resource and equip you and teach on things that speak to where you're really at in your life right now. It matters to me, matters to our team. We want to help you. And then there's a third question. We're going to come, I'm going to share it with you now. We'll come back to it at the end of the, the message. Uh, and it's really more for you than for us. This one's really more for you than for us. And it's really kind of what today and this next season in our church is all about. And I would just like you to think about what is the next step in my spiritual journey? What is the next step in my spiritual journey? And we, we hold a belief here at True Life that 100% of humanity, whether they realize it or not, is on a spiritual journey. You're on a journey. Uh, you may not be actively engaged in it or participating in it, but you are on a, a spiritual journey. And our role is, as a church is to help you take the steps on that journey that get you closer to Jesus, closer to knowing God. And um, so I'm going to spend some time on this today. This is the Easter message today to help you figure out how to take your next step. I forgot my phone again. Thank you. You saw it coming, didn't you? Y'all, if you're going to pastor a church, you better have a really smart wife who sees all of your mistakes coming before you do. Um, wouldn't be an Easter message, would it, without like a funny story? Yeah? Come on. No, you don't want any humor? You want me to just stay serious? I can just preach on hell today if you'd rather I do that. I mean, I can, we can change it up right now. Uh, my, my friend sent me this story. Uh, if, if this is something familiar to you, just kind of play along. Uh, sent me this story the other day, and I thought this was hilarious, so I thought I'd share it with you. He just said, he said, hey, man, so I woke up, and my dog is laying on the back patio covered in dirt with a rabbit in his mouth. The rabbit's not bloody, just dirty. Come on, poor little Easter bunny. My neighbor's kids raise blue ribbon rabbits, and I instantly knew it was one of theirs. I took the rabbit away from my dog, rushed inside, washed all the dirt off of it before my neighbors could come home. It was stiff, but I know some animals play dead when they're afraid, and I couldn't remember which ones. So <laughs> I took the rabbit, placed it back in one of the cages in their backyard, and then I zoomed back home. Don't judge me, he says in parentheses. <laughs> Not 30 minutes later, I hear my neighbors screaming. So I rush outside and I ask them, hey, what's wrong? What's going on? And they said, they told me, our rabbit died three days ago and we buried it, but now it's back in the cage. <laughs> Come on, y'all, that's funny. I don't care what you say. <laughs> Nothing like a little, <laughs> little Easter bunny miracle, you know what I'm saying? You know those kids are getting counseling right now, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, traumatized. <laughs> want to help you take the next step on your spiritual journey, and um, I want to leverage the opportunity that we have right now with so many of you here in person and tuning in online to ask you to make a commitment to do church with us over the next four weeks, over the next four weeks, and we're going to be very intentional with that time. That's kind of our word for the year as a church, it's one of our two words for the year is to be intentional, and uh, next week we're going to begin a brand new series called What's Next? 
We're going to spend four weeks on this idea of figuring out what is the next step in my spiritual journey. And the content is based around a book. It's based on the Bible, but it's also based around a book written by one of my favorite pastors in the world who I've learned more from over the last 10 years than anybody, Pastor Chris Hodges. And he wrote a book called What's Next. This book is available for you at our info desk. It's 10 bucks. And if you don't have 10 bucks, I just want to tell you one of the rules we have here at True Life Church, money can never be the reason that you don't get resourced and equipped. And so if you, if you don't have 10 bucks, and I get it, because I have kids, come on, how many know 10 bucks, you can feed four people at McDonald's, you know what I'm saying? Twice, you can feed them twice. So I get it, like if you don't have it, I've been there. Um, been there more times than I care to admit. So here's the deal, if, that, if money is the issue, or you're like, man, we could get it, but they're, you know, husband and wife, we'd both like to have it. You just stop by the info desk and you just say, hey, Pastor Michael said I could have that. And they'll give it to you, okay? Uh, no questions asked. You don't need to tell us your story. You don't need to qualify yourself. You don't have to do a credit report or anything like that. Just, just tell them, hey, Pastor Michael said I could have that. You take it home. You can get a head start on the series that will begin next week. In fact, when you come to church next Sunday, you will hear directly from, from the author of this book, Pastor Chris Hodges in all three of our Sunday morning services next weekend, all right? So really excited about this series and excited about helping all of us take the next steps in our spiritual journey. And it's very, very important that all of us do, that all of us take next steps in our spiritual journey, because if you don't, you're gonna have a problem. Proverbs 29, 18 says, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble. Like, if you, if you don't have clarity about what God is doing and how to align your life with what God is doing, you're going to trip up. You're going to fall. You're going to deal with a lot of pain. In fact, some of us are here, Easter 2021, and you're in the middle of a stumble right now, or you're in the middle of trying to heal from the pain of a stumble. Because you just didn't have clarity about what God was doing and how to get your life into the middle of it. You stumble all over yourself, but... When we attend to what God reveals, then we're most blessed. How many would take most blessed over the stumble? You all with me? I would rather the most blessed. That would be the, the version of life I would choose. So what is God doing? How do I get myself in alignment with that? And I'm just going to give you a little preview of where we're going. I'm going to help you with this. The thing God wants for you, really, more than anything else, well, obviously, he wants you to be in relationship with him. We'll come to that in a second. But God's God's design, God's plan is really not that different for any of us. There, the difference is in how we execute God's plan in our life, but what God really wants for all of us, I believe, is the same four things. And the, the best version of life you can live is when you become a person who is making a difference with your life on behalf of the kingdom, on behalf of Jesus Christ himself. Be a person who's making a difference. Even clinical psychology now has proven the Bible right. They say human beings reach the pinnacle of emotional fulfillment when our life is connected to something bigger than ourselves. I can't think of anything bigger to connect my life to than the kingdom of heaven, everybody. Amen? So, so God's plan for you is that you make a difference, that you leave a legacy, that you, you do something with your life that goes beyond yourself and lasts beyond yourself, but you can't do that unless you know how you're supposed to do that. You've got to figure out, like, how did God uniquely design and gift me and wire me? Uh, like, I, 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 God has asked me, he's gifted me to do this, to stand on a platform and, and, and communicate his word and, 
and to lead a team and cast vision to our church. That, that's kind of what God has put in me. I'm not different. I'm not more special than anybody else. This is just the gifting God gave me. Y'all tracking so far? Uh, I, I think there's some people who got on this platform this morning that had some pretty good giftings in the area of worship and music and musicianship and talent. All those coordinated lights and graphics and animation and video, uh, you know, we don't, we don't outsource all of that. That's all people here at True Life who figured out my purpose is to use my creative giftings to lift up and magnify Jesus. I think they did a pretty good job getting us into the presence of God this morning, didn't they? Come on, can we show a little love for... There are some people in the building today who their purpose is to take environments, and in this case, God's house, and make it feel warm and inviting and welcoming when you come in. And so they're out there cleaning things down in between services and wiping down the surface, every surface that people might touch and brewing the coffee and making sure the mints are stocked. Come on, how many know we need mints after drinking some coffee? Can I get an amen this morning? Whew, I became so much more aware of that with this face mask wearing. I'm so sorry for what I've done to some of you after drinking a, a cup of coffee. No wonder some of y'all are like, hey, pastor. Hey, good to see you. You ain't scared of the germs, you're scared of my breath. I understand, I get it. They're, they're using some, some people who have some great gifts who stood out front and just smiled and said hello and welcome to church. There's some people who their gift, their talent, their design is to invest in the next generation. And so there's an army of blue t-shirts on the other side of our build, building celebrating Easter with our children, investing Jesus in them. God wants you to make a difference. You can't make a difference until you know how you were designed to make a difference. And you'll never get clarity about how you were designed to make a difference until you get free from the old version of your life. And when you come to Jesus, the Bible says that you become a new creature. The old is gone and the new has come. But I'm going to tell you something. How many know, like when I came to Jesus, I felt like some of the old still came with me. You know what I'm saying? Like anybody else feel like, I love Jesus, but I still mess up a lot. No, that's just me? All right. Sorry. It's just me. I didn't realize all the perfect people came to church today. <laughs> Congratulations. All right. So, so there's some old habits, old wounds, old scars, regrets, hurts that we got to learn how to get free from. God wants you to make a difference, but you can't make a difference until you know how you're supposed to make a difference. And you can't see clearly how you're called to make a difference until you deal with all the garbage of who you were before Jesus. Because you don't see things the way they are, you see things the way you are. That's a good place for an amen. I thought, I thought I'd get more amens right there. Come on, you don't see things the way they are, you see things the way you are. You see them through the lens of your own experiences and in, in the life that you've lived. And you can't make a difference, you can't find purpose, and you can't get free without the supernatural power of God who you need to know intimately, which is what I'm dedicating this whole Easter service to, is to help you figure out what does it look like to know God. And I gotta tell you something, I'm gonna be very serious for a second. It is incredibly important that you know God. And I know some of you are thinking, oh, I know God. I go to church every weekend. I can sing all the songs. I even have some Bible verses memorized. I, I, I know what that's all about. No, no, no. I'm afraid that you might not. I, I actually think there's a big difference between knowing church and knowing God. Not the same thing. 
In fact, Jesus himself said this in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, not everyone, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. That's a problem. That's a problem, isn't it? Some of us are going to be like, hey, Jesus, here I am. I got perfect church attendance for the last 10 years. And he's going to go, no. No. That's not going to do it. Hey, Jesus, I gave lots of money to charities, and I really worked hard to be a good person. I know all the churchy sayings. I even dressed up on Easter Sunday. And, and Jesus says, yeah, but not everybody who does all the churchy stuff and says all the churchy things and dressed up on Easter is going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Only the one who does the will of my Father who's in heaven. Well, what is the will of his Father in heaven? He goes on. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and, and in your name perform many miracles? God, we did all the Christian stuff, God. We checked all the boxes on the list. Why, 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 why do we not get to enter into the kingdom? And Jesus says, then I'll tell him plainly, I never knew you. I didn't need you to do all the churchy stuff. I needed you to know me, to have relationship with me. In fact, the word that he used right here, Pastor Chris, who you'll hear from next week, does one of the most beautiful teachings on this I've ever heard. The word that Jesus used for know or knew right here would have shocked the audience listening to him talk. Like, it's not, you know, we, in the English language, you, we use the word, know. yeah, like, I know that person. I know them. I know who that is. We're friends. We're acquaintances. That is not what this is. Jesus says, I never knew, and the word in the Greek is the word gnosko. Gnosko. Go ahead and say it, because it'll make you feel smarter on Easter. Gnosko. On the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. Gnosko. Don't you feel like you just, you learned some Greek today. Congratulations. Gnosko. And here's what the word gnosko actually means. It means a relationship that's like this. Intimacy. In fact, Jesus had everybody's attention when he said gnosko. Because one of the ways you would use that word would be to describe what happens between a newly married couple on the first night of their wedding. The bride and the groom are going to go gnosko. And if you don't know what that means, Talk with your parents after church today. I'm sure they'll be really thrilled that I've opened up this window of opportunity in your family. You're welcome. Come back next week, four in a row. All right. <laughs> he says, I, I never, we never had gnosko. We never had a relationship like this. Away from me, you evildoers. That's a problem. That's a problem. Jesus is saying it's not what you do. It's whether or not we know each other. Are we in relationship with each other? And, and every time you're trying to get to know God, every time you're trying to get closer to God, I'm just going to tell you there will always be a voice who wants to drag you back into religion, who wants to drag you back into checking the boxes, who, always, who wants to drag you back into making it about behavior modification and rule following. Listen, Jesus is not trying to modify your behavior. He's trying to modify your heart. He's trying to, he's trying to rewire you from the inside out. That's what a relationship 
with Jesus does. But not everybody understood that. In fact, there was these religious leaders who come to Jesus in Matthew chapter 15, and they're mad at him, and they're mad at his disciples, and they say, so then some Pharisees and teachers of the law came to Jesus from Jerusalem and asked, which means they came from headquarters, what, what, what's up with your disciples, Jesus? They're breaking our traditions, the traditions of the elders. Now, I would think if they're going to send important religious leaders all the way from Jerusalem to confront something that Jesus and his followers are doing, it's probably a pretty serious offense, wouldn't you think? Like, are they selling drugs? Are they, are, are they immoral? Uh, are they stealing? Like, what is, what is this tradition that's been broken that these guys come all the way from Jerusalem to say, hey, you're doing it wrong. You're not following God correctly. Y'all ready for this? Here's what they're mad about. They don't wash their hands, Jesus, and COVID. I'm just kidding. I don't think COVID was going on back then. They, they, don't, they, they don't wash their hands before they eat. And I, I need to help you understand what's really happening here. This is how crazy this was. There was literally Jewish tradition. There was law. There was code that when you would gather for a meal, you would wash your hands, but you wouldn't wash your hands like you and I wash your hands. You wouldn't go to the basin of water and, and, and do this. That, no, no, no. There was, there was actually a specific way to wash your hands, and there was a religious hand-washing inspector standing by to make sure you did it correctly. So you would dip your hands into the basin, then hold them up like this, and the water would, had to run down, run off your arms, and somebody, a religious inspector would stand and watch to see if water dripped off of your elbows. And if you did not wash your hands by going like this, holding your hands up, let the water come down and drip off of your elbows, then the religious inspector would just be like, hell, you're going to hell. Get out, go to hell. Literally. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that nuts? This is what they're mad about. And so Jesus, he handles business. <laughs> He says, why do you break the command of God for the sake of your tradition? You nullify the word of God for the sake of your tradition. You hypocrites. Jesus is making friends right now. Isaiah was right when he prophesied about you. He said, these people honor me with their lips. They say all the right things. They go do all the churchy things. They're checking all the boxes off the list. But their hearts are far from me. They don't know me. You don't gnosko with me. They worship me in vain. Their teachings are but rules taught by men. Let me show it to you one more place. Matthew chapter 25, verse 1 to 12. Really interesting parable that Jesus does here. And, and the whole thing is a setup. He says at that time, he's, Jesus is talking about end times here. He's talking about when, when we go meet Jesus and the judgment. He says, at that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. So immediately I'm thinking like, okay, this is going to be a lesson about foolishness and wisdom. The foolish ones took their lamps but didn't take any oil with them. Oops. Let's just put that in modern day terms. They brought their flashlights but they didn't bring batteries, okay? The wise, however, 
they had their energizers along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. So I'm thinking, all right, this is about wise or foolish. This is about making sure your, your, your light is prepared, your lamp is ready, you've got your oil. And then I'm thinking like, oh, we gotta stay awake. We gotta make sure we're ready when the bridegroom comes. At midnight, the cry rang out, he's here. Come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish one said to the wise, I need a battery. Our lamps are going out. No, they replied. They may not, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, others also, the others also came. Sir, sir, they said, open the door for us. And this whole thing is a setup. I'm expecting, you'd be expecting the bridegroom to say, sorry, I'm only looking for brides who had their oil ready, who know how to use their lamps properly, who are wise, not foolish, and and who don't go to sleep too soon, and if they do go to sleep, they know how to get up and get ready. Like, I, I'm looking for people who are on their game. I, that's what you would, that's where it looks like Jesus is taking us. The whole story is bait and switch. The whole story is bait and switch. Because the bridegroom simply responds, I can't, I can't. I can't open the door. I tell you the truth. I don't, and here it is in the Greek again, gnosko, I don't, I don't know you. In other words, when I arrived, I didn't need you busy worrying about the lamps and all the stuff, playing a guessing game thinking that you knew what I wanted. When I arrived, I just needed to have the opportunity to get to know you, and you weren't here, and the opportunity is gone. It's not about the stuff you do. Jesus says, do you know me? Do you gnosko me? And I want to give you some symptoms this Easter Sunday. I know some of you are thinking right now, what in the world does this have to do with Easter? Just trust me, we're going to get there. I want to give you some symptoms that you might be experiencing today if you don't know him, like really know him. Here's the first one. You, you might be experiencing a sense of powerlessness in your life. Like, it, it just feels like no matter what you do, everything is out of control. Things are spinning. You're trying harder. You're putting in more effort. And nothing's getting better. You're trying every solution to the problem you can. And nothing's getting better. And you just feel like powerless. Nothing's in, I got nothing under my control. And that'll lead you to a place where it just becomes frustrating. You'd be like, God, God, what's the point? I'm doing all this stuff. I, I'm checking all these boxes. I'm working hard. I'm trying to earn your, your love. I just want you to pay attention to me. I'm so frustrated. God, God like, I mean, where are you? Powerless, frustrated. And some of us are even today experiencing this one. You'll become envious of others 
who seem to be closer to God than you. Like maybe even today, you're watching people go crazy during that song, and you're like, what makes them so special? How come I don't feel that? They're not special. They're not. I'm not. You want to know the difference? Gnosko. Do you know him? Do you know him? And the thing that that other person has that you don't have is not that they're checking off all the religious boxes, it's that they just are leaning into knowing Jesus. And so it leaves us with a huge question on Easter 2021. Do you really know him? Do you gnosko? Know Jesus. And here's the Easter message. I want to show you the word gnosko one more time in your Bible. Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, the Apostle Paul. I want to gnosko Christ. You want, you want to know why Paul became the most influential leader of his time? You want to know why the Apostle Paul ended up writing two-thirds of your New Testament? You want to know why God used his life in such an incredible way? Because he got it. He said, above all else, me and Jesus, we got to be like this. He says, I, I, I want to gnosko, I want to know Christ, and I want to experience Easter. I want to experience the mighty power. Paul says, if I can get close to Jesus, I won't be powerless, frustrated, or envious. I'm going to be close to him, and I'm going to know the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Wouldn't you like to have that? Wouldn't you like to experience that in your life? This has been a, this has been a really cool year for me personally so far. 2020 was kind of rough. Um, 2021 has been cool, and not because all the circumstances are the way I want them to be. But because early this year during our season of prayer and fasting as a church, something flipped in my heart. And this is all I'm living for right now. Jesus, can we just be like this all the time? And it, it, it caught in our home, my wife and I, we, we have cried and spent time in God's presence this year. We, we, we've been talking about it. I've been trying to figure out how to, how to say it, how to articulate it. I was talking with some other pastor friends. And I, hear, like, I can't remember my walk with Jesus feeling like it feels right now since I was like a kid going to church camp as a teenager. It's just, it's alive. It's vibrant. And I got to tell you, if I could give you anything this Easter, it'd be for you to get up, walk out these doors, and God do something on the inside of your heart. That same switch would flip where you just go, man, I don't care if I get anything else right. I just need to know Jesus. I just got to get close to him, and I want to know the power. I want to know the power that brought him out of the grave. You want to see some of the dry bones in your life come back? Let me give you some steps you can take, some, some choices I hope you'll make this Easter, and then we'll be done. We'll wrap it up. Here's the first one. 
I want to ask you today just to consider making a choice right now to love him. Love him. Why? Because he did it first. He did it first. And I know me even asking you to do that, to love Jesus, for some of you, you're like, what? how can I love him? He hasn't done anything for me. He hasn't answered my prayer. I haven't gotten the miracle I'm looking for. I'm not riding the emotional high that I'd like to be on right now. And I, I need to help you with this. What you're describing is not love. What you're describing is emotional manipulation. That's what our society perceives as love. Come on, y'all. You know, what, you know what love is? This is love. Jesus said, they may not follow me. They may not receive the gift. They may not take advantage of it. In fact, the, the Bible says it this way, while we were still sinners, Christ died. He said, I, I have no guarantee that you're going to respond to me. I have no guarantee that you're going to do what I want you to. I have no guarantee that you're going to meet my expectations, and I don't care. I'm going to go sacrifice my life for you anyway. That's love, y'all. And he did it first. This is a saying we have in our leadership team here at True Life. You know what a leader is? Leaders are just the people who do it first. We go first. Jesus said, I'll, I'll go first. I'll, I'll go lay my life down for you. And by the way, this isn't just a cool sermon point. It is in your Bible. 1 John 4, 19, we love because he, come on, because he first loved us. He did it first. What does that look like? Just, just decide today and then tell him, Jesus, I love you. I don't even know what that looks like yet. I don't know what that means. But I'm choosing today to give my love to you regardless of my expectations, my circumstances, because you loved me first. And because you did it, I'm going to return my heart to you, L love him. You want to get close? You want to know God? You want to experience the mighty power of Easter? I mean, like what if, y'all, what if Easter is not meant to be experienced once a year? What if it's not just meant to be celebrated once a year? What if Easter is meant to be experienced in your heart and in your life every day? Starts with loving him. And then make a decision to pursue him. Go after him with all your heart. Pursue him. Pursue. I've never had any meaningful relationship form in my life that didn't start with pursuit. Somebody had to pursue the other. And here's the awesome thing. The Holy Spirit is active right now on planet Earth. You want to know what he's doing? He's pursuing you. He's pursuing you. And you want to see miracles happen? You want to see things that you've never seen before? Start pursuing him back. You'll see some incredible things happen. Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when, when you do it with all your heart. You do it with all your heart. Love him. Because he did it first. Pursue him. Pursue him above all else. Above your financial goals. 
of all your dreams. Jesus. I told you earlier, one of the words for our church this year is to, to, to be intentional. We, we shared it with our leaders early on. We felt like coming out of 2020, there was so much of what we were doing as a church and a ministry that was built around just reacting to COVID and restrictions and what you can do and what you can't do. And we're just constantly like, okay, we better do online church in a hurry or there is no church. I mean, just everything was reactionary. And I felt like God gave me a word at the beginning of this year. I shared it with all of our church leadership that 20, in 2021, our job is to reclaim intentionality. We're not going to react anymore. We're not just going to respond to everything going on around us. We're going to join Jesus as he rebuilds his church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so I, I told our team, like, it's time, we're done. We're done mourning what church used to look like before this pandemic. We can sit around and whine about it and get all upset about the politics of it. Or we could just go align our hearts with what Jesus does. And wouldn't you know, things started happening as soon as we aligned our hearts with what Jesus does. Can I hear an amen this morning? The other word came in January during our 21 days of prayer and fasting and there was a Sunday, I don't know if any, how many of you were here, but it was a very out of my comfort zone and I, I felt like God gave me four words and a couple of scriptures for our church on a Sunday and I just got up with no notes <laughs> just poured my heart out to our church about what I felt like God was calling us to. And the, the last word that day is the last word I'm going to share with you today. And really, it's probably the thing that Amanda and I have been praying over all of you, over our church more than anything else. And if you want to know God, love him, pursue him. But you want to know the secret ingredient? that makes it all work. Surrender. You want to know what's made this year so wonderful for me so far? <laughs> Is I'm just like, it's your deal, God. It's your church. It's your vision. It's your heart. You want to know the beautiful thing about surrendering to God? Here's what I learned. When I surrender to God, my problems aren't my problems. They're his problems. <laughs> and he is so much better at problem solving than I am. Come on, y'all. <laughs> surrender. Well, surrender what? You gonna be a special offering? You want me to surrender money? No. Surrender what? You want me to surrender some time? Come to church more often, sir? No, no, no. Everything. All of it. I said this to a guy recently. I said, hey, man, you're trying to get everything to fit, and nothing's going to fit without the surrender. He's like, oh, it's hard for me. I get it. But you want to know what surrender looks like? Hey, Jesus, I don't want to do anything, say anything, make any decision 
without you being in the middle of it with me. You lead it. You guide. I, I pray this prayer all the time. Jesus, I'm about to make this decision, and if it's not okay with you, rob me of all the peace. Don't let me sleep. Don't let me be okay with this because I don't want to be in control of my life. When I'm in control of my life, I screw it up. But when you're in control, it works. Surrender. And, and, and I think so many of us, we come to Jesus, we have a conversion moment, a salvation experience, a, maybe a church service like this one where your heart is moved and take a, ter- a first step towards God and, and then what I found I have a tendency to do is I go, okay, Jesus, thank you. Thank you for heaven. Thank you for eternity, salvation, all that good stuff. And then I go back and I pick up all the decisions I'm trying to manage. I pick up all the stress. I pick up all the old habits. I go back to all the things I'm trying to fix and problem solve and control. And I, try, I go right back to trying to handle it all on my own. Jesus says, that's not how it works. This is how it works. If you try to keep hanging on to everything yourself, you're going to lose it. Y'all, listen. The win is not for you to be in control. The win is for your heavenly Father to be in control. That's the win. That's the win. To have a heart fully surrendered to him. And Jesus says, that's the only way this thing works right for you. If you'll give it up, if you'll give it to him, he says, then, then you'll save it. Then it's going to work. Bow your heads and close your eyes with me if you would. Got to hurry. We've got another service coming in here. 18 minutes, so. Jesus, I pray for each and every person who's listening to this message right now who has not surrendered to you. There's stuff stirring in their hearts. They know exactly who they are. And I pray that there would be a response to your presence today. Heads bowed, eyes closed. If you say, Michael, I don't know him. I don't have gnosko with Jesus. And I know I gotta have that. Let's just fix it right now. Right where you're at, whether you're at home, in a car, wherever you are, here in this auditorium, why don't you just tell him? Say, hey Jesus, today, I need to know you. So I'm choosing to put my life in your hands. I want to build relationship with you. I believe you went to the cross and you loved me first. And you took the weight of all of the sin of humanity in that moment so that I could have access to you, to the Heavenly Father. You gave your life. Three days later, you rose from the dead. You beat hell, you beat death, 
You beat the power of sin. Today, I thank you for that, and I'm opening myself up. I want to be in relationship with you. I'm choosing today to love you, to pursue you. Today, Jesus, I surrender my whole life to you. You can have it. Come and change me. In Jesus' name. Keep your heads bowed and your eyes closed if you would. If you prayed that prayer today for the very first time, I just want to remind you, I already talked about it, that digital connection card. When you fill it out, there's a box you can check that says, I committed my life to Jesus. Please tell us. We want to celebrate with you, and we want to equip you. We want to resource you, help you take your next steps. In fact, if you check that box today that I made a commitment to follow Jesus, we'll hook you up with one of those books that we just talked about for free. We want you to have it. Heads bowed, eyes closed. Let me just talk to everyone else in the room. You know who you are. You've got a relationship with Jesus that has been established at some point in your life, but you're not living a fully surrendered life. And I just pray on this Easter 2021 that the Holy Spirit just messes with you draws you back that you would let go of all the stuff you're trying to hang on to and that he would truly have control of your life so Heavenly Father you know you know every story represented in this room every person who's listening online God help us to surrender our lives to you completely we choose to love you and to pursue you and we choose today to be surrendered to you wholeheartedly Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. If you receive it, would you say amen this morning? Amen. Stand to your feet all across the room. Love y'all so much. What a thrill to spend Easter with you. I'm one minute late right now, all right? I apologize. So here's what we're gonna do. Let me pray a prayer blessing over you. The band is gonna play one last time. We're gonna celebrate the resurrection of our King and then you'll be dismissed. Heavenly Father, I pray your favor and your blessing over each and every person today as we go out into our week. God, I pray that Easter would not be a once a year celebration, but it would be an everyday experience to know you and the mighty power that brought you out of the grave, Jesus. Go with each and every person today as they leave, and we thank you in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Come on, if you believe he's not in the tomb, give him the best praise you can this morning. We're going to sing again.